illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing this fine evening? 16 times a week, Billy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Huh? <laughs> um, I'm doing good. Hey, uh, I think I mentioned to you, I, I was just I was just sitting down watching uh, a Netflix series called Bad Sport. Oh, yeah, so you said, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. Um, it had a uh, – the first one, which was actually the most interesting – was about a guy named Stevan Headache Smith, who back I think it was in the late eighties, nineteen ninety four or early nineties, nineteen ninety four. Correct. Okay, sorry, early nineties, I guess. Um, how he uh, had a point shaving scandal with a uh, guy who bet on him in Vegas, and you know it's funny. I never would have have thought of, you know, I. I, I you got to have that mind to be a criminal, you know, mm-hmm. and I just don't have that mind. But these guys, he's like, well, our number's here. You can still win your games. You just got to win them by this much. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Keep, you know? it, a, keep it a little bit closer. Yeah, because he didn't want to ruin his chances going pro. He wanted to keep his value high, but he also needed some cash. And uh, I, I think, you know, the sad thing is he, I think he only intended to do it a couple of games. And the two games they picked to do it on were two easy to beat teams in the Pac-12. So all he did was have to not beat the spread against these two easy to teams. You know who the easy teams were? Oregon and or Oregon State at the time. Oregon and Oregon yep, State. Abs- yep. Yep. Those were the two teams they picked to bet on, and then uh, ultimately they um, 
he got into hawking even more debt and you know, it just spiraled it out of control. Crazy deal. Anyway, if you get a chance, I highly recommend watching it. Bad Sport on Netflix. All right, I'll have to do that. Yeah, but there's there's an episode on one. There's one on a guy who was a drug smuggler who got into race cars. I heard about that um, one. Um, there's one about yeah. um, influencing referees in looks like soccer. Yeah, the soccer one was crazy. Um, you know, 2002 Winter Olympics. That judge, one I just watched yesterday. When a judge yeah, is... I don't know. I don't even remember that, but it was so. Yeah, it was a, a quid pro quo. Um, hmm. The France judge would vote with the essentially former Soviet republics, all the communist nations, uh, for the uh, for the couples. Uh, pairs, yeah. The pairs, and then quid pro quo, they would vote for the French uh, dancing, ice dancing, which hmm. was another con- uh, thing. So it was like, okay, France, you pick ours, we'll pick yours, and then everybody will be happy. Well, that was all fine and dandy, except the freaking Canadians just did an amazing performance, and the Russians screwed up. Yeah. They had an error, but the error was bad enough that they, they didn't deserve to win the contest. Yeah. So and, and the public actually wouldn't let it die. I mean, they booed and screamed and yelled, and people started looking into it. And then all of a sudden, the, the French judge, who she was kind of pushed – to do it, she was told by her superiors that you vote for the Russians, and uh, she kind of she she said she had issues, and then she lied, and then she finally broke down. But anyway, don't want to go too far in the weeds on this. Just yeah. interesting. It looks like there's another so one. Anyway, another one about oh. uh, horse racing and insurance fraud. Yep, that's what I'm in right now. And then another one about South Africa and cricket. Hmm. So that's the last one. Looks like six episodes. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of my Rosie Ruiz uh, thing there I you used go. to do. I had no idea this thing was going on. Yeah. So. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to speak beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting and funny every week, and just generally screw around a little bit. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. And guess what, Beach? What, Billy? We got an email? We got an email. <laughs> I like it. Not multiple emails. Someday we might get plural, but right yeah. now we got one. <laughs> Actually, this one came in last week. Okay. Um, well, I hope you delete it so we keep space in our email. We don't actually send out accidental rejects. Yeah. You know, your email box is full. Yeah. So. No, this one came in last week, and uh, it, but it came in after we recorded, so I saved it for this okay. week. Okay. And it comes in from Brian Anderson. And it says, gentlemen, just wanted to thank you guys again for the hospitality and letting my number two son and I join the fest last week. This is about Sausage Fest. Um, Oh, Sausage Fest. He continues, my family has been attending games for over 30 years and season tickets for 22. Always have fun seeing the different tailgaters around in the stadium on game day. We had a parking pass at 15th and Western for a few years in the early 2000s, so I'm sure we've seen each other somewhere along the way. Had been camping on campus and then out at the fairgrounds for several years. And with the kids at the age where weekend activities keep us from spending the weekend in Corvallis, we have been looking for a place to land pregame. You guys put on quite the spread, and we look forward to stopping by more regularly. My boy was most impressed with the availability of cheese sauce as a condiment. (laughs) I just have to say, we do like our cheese sauce. We do love the cheese sauce. Uh, Anytime Beej and I can uh, add cheese sauce to a... uh, a tailgate menu we do. Mm-hmm. So, all right. 
Uh, Brian goes on here. Glad I found your podcast a couple of years ago and look forward to the banter every week, win or lose. Keep up the good work and thanks again for your hospitality. Looking forward to getting there a little earlier next week. And that's from Brian B.A. Anderson. Okay. And so uh, B.A. bad attitude, like B.A. Baracus. B.A. Baracus, yeah. Uh, and he attached a picture of his son in front of the, uh, the uh, tailgate trailer. Oh, nice. I was going to put it on Facebook. But I didn't want to because I didn't know if he wants pictures. Yeah, of his... you... yeah I didn't know uh, if he understood. wanted it. Yeah, I didn't know if he wanted yeah. to post it. So, but it was good seeing him. I don't remember. I forget who I see when we're out there tailgating. Well, you and know, I... we we got like uh, well, like last weekend there had to have been 120 people or better there. Yeah, and so I forget who I who I see, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I don't remember if I if he came out. I hope he did. Hope he did. Hope he enjoyed his sandwich. Um, if he does, send us an email. Let, let yeah. us know what you think of the cheesesteak. It's cheesesteak is our favorite day. Yeah. So that's why we like to do them twice. But so, uh, especially no, though, was... when they were out there, when I was cooking them towards the end, and it was a little dark out there, <laughs> so it made it a little tough. You know, one of my customers came by, a gentleman named AJ, and you know, I and I and I talk about us having a tailgater. You know. Not not like everybody I talk to, but you know they're like, oh, I go to Beaver Games. We have a we have a pretty pretty good sized tailgater that we put on, and I try to kind of impart a, a level of of size to people, you know. Yeah. But I don't think until you're there, they can actually appreciate what we do. Yeah. And so AJ's like, where are you at? I'm like 15th of Western. I said you'll see the big ass tent and the trailer and and stuff. And so he comes by finally, and he's like, I, I'm like, you know, have a sandwich. And he's like, yeah, we, we didn't know it was this big and we we already made plans to to meet some friends for dinner. <laughs> he goes, had had we known, we we, we would have. And I said, well, I, I tried to tell you. And he's like, yeah, but I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And you know, well, well, you and I were talking on on Saturday. We probably have. I mean, it, it, don't mean to sound conceited, but we probably have the largest non corporate sponsored tailgater at Oregon State. I would think. I would think so, yeah. And it's a good time. And more and more people keep yeah. coming out, which is what I want. Yeah. No, no, it's awesome. It, um, it's, uh, uh, But, you know, all the other ones that you know of are, are the big ones are usually got some type of corporate sponsorship involved. Either they cater in the food or they they have a, you know, they have a corporate budget for mm-hmm. entertainment. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we're, we're, and we're essentially, I mean, even though we're providing the equipment and stuff, we're essentially a co-op. We're, <laughs> Pretty we're much, yeah. In, yeah, where everybody kicks in funds and, and helps cover the costs. Yeah. So, and and in case any of you are wondering, we actually, we, we did okay this year. Yeah. Um, we, we, we got a little little bit ahead, uh, so we got a little bit of a, a stipend to help us out start next year. So, we well, covered, and, covered the majority of our costs, which is Yeah, good. and well, so. we actually, if you look at it all, we ended up down $180. Okay. Because I, I figured we, I can't. I couldn't remember how much we ended last the 2019 season with. Oh, so okay. I just, I just started out with $400 in the kitty is what I considered. Okay. And so okay. we're ending right now. I'm looking at all my stuff. We're ending at $220 and 30 cents. Okay. So, okay. but, but there'll be less of a, um, there'll be less startup costs next year because we're not coming. Well, because we're not coming from a dead stop. Okay. Okay. If that makes sense. I had depleted a lot of stuff over the two years because I just didn't want stuff sitting there. Yeah. Gotcha. So, gotcha. so I depleted it. Well, and, and, and hopefully inflation will be kind of in check by then too. 
because everything costs more. You know, I don't, don't know if the prices will go down, but uh, hopefully prices will stabilize and incomes will go up a little bit or donations will go up. Yeah. So we'll see. But I know, like uh, Billy said, uh, you, you told me early on when we filled up the deep fryer with the oil, the oil cost just went up. Just just to fill a deep fryer was up, what, $20, $30 over, over two oh, years yeah. ago? Oh, yeah. Over so, over about 10 months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So not not to mention the increased prices in uh, in all the rest of the, the, the meat and stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but so there you go. But hopefully now we only have to wait, what, another nine months? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, September, September of next year. Yeah, so. But we still have two games left. That's the exactly. Thing. Okay. Exactly. At least. At least. Yes. So. All right, Beach, you want to talk a little bit of Beaver Sports for the last week? Yes. Uh, I, I heard good things about soccer. Are we starting with soccer or where do we start? We're going to start we're gonna start with women's volleyball. Okay. Uh, it's Well, hold on. I got to get my disappointment. Okay, I'm ready for disappointment. Go ahead. All right, Beach. The Oregon State volleyball team kept it close for three sets against number 12, Washington, but weren't able to steal a set to eventually fall to the Huskies on Friday night. Then on Sunday afternoon, the Oregon State volleyball team fell in three sets to number 22, Washington State. But in that game, Beach, senior Maddie Goings reached the 1,000 career dig mark in the third set, making her the 17th Beaver to reach the milestone in program history. So we can't win, but we can dig like a son of a gun. There you go. The Beavers return home for their final regular season matches on November 24th and 26th, with senior night slated for Friday against the Oregon Ducks at 5 p.m. Now, prior to the match, the Orange and Black will honor its three seniors in Maddie Goings, Grace Macy, and Lindsay Shell. You know, it would be nice to end on a positive note. That would be good, especially beating them damn dirty ducks. Yep, yep. In the in the uh, in the uh, match formerly known as Civil War. Yep, the rivalry series formerly known as Civil War. Yep. All right, Beach. Let's talk a little bit of men's soccer. I've heard good things. I saw some of my friends posted pictures. Looks like they were freezing their butt off at a at a soccer game. Yep. But uh, but yeah. So how was it? Well, Beach. Sunday night, the number one seed Oregon State men's soccer team opened NCAA tournament play with a 2-0 victory over St. John's at Lorenz Field. With the win, the Bees improved to 13-2-3 overall, and they advanced to the third round for the first time in program history. Wow. Now, they had, they had a first-round bye, so that's why they've only played one game. Okay. Soft, sophomore Mohamed Thame found the net first with a rebound from redshirt sophomore Carlos Molner's shot to put the Beavs up early in the first half. Now, as the fog settled in throughout the second half, sophomore Javier Armas scored with a shot off his right foot from junior Sofane Javal's corner kick to put the Beavs up 2 to nothing. The Oregon State defense held St. John's to three shots per half, none of which were on target. Throughout the match, the Orange and Black marked eight shots on goal out of 15 shots total and took seven corner kicks throughout the game. Now, next up, the Beavs will clash with the number 16 seed, New Hampshire, in the third round of the tournament. Tickets are available now for the match, which will be held at Lorenz Field in Corvallis on Sunday the 28th at 6 p.m. Now, because they were the first seed, do they get home field advantage throughout the tournament? 
they will have, I believe, so I think you need, you win six games to win the national championship. I think that's how many games they play. Okay. So they, they will have, they have the potential to have three games at home before they go to, a, I think, a neutral site. Okay. Or, like, or, or right, at least a, or something like that. At least a predetermined site. I think it's somewhere in North Carolina. Okay. But it might not be necessarily neutral, but it might be predetermined. Gotcha. There you go. Okay. All right, we got a little bit of cross country news. All right. Redshirt Ready sophomore. Yep. Red, redshirt sophomore Kaylee Mitchell represented the Oregon State women's cross country team at the NCAA championships in Tallahassee, Florida, on Saturday. The Salem Oregon of Native placed 77th overall out of 250 competitors with a time of 20 20.3. BYU's Whitney Orton clinched the individual title with a time of 19 25.3, and NC State took the team title with 84 points. Hmm. So, Beach, up next is women's basketball. Okay. <laughs> oh, 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 hold on, you asshole. Anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. Go on. I'm getting more comfortable. I'm getting ready for good news and thinking about women in shorts. Okay, go ahead. Four Beavers scored in double figures as the number 15 Oregon State women's basketball team defeated California Baptist 80-72 to Wednesday evening at Gill Coliseum. The Beavers used a 15-0 third quarter run to take control of the contest. Overall, Oregon State outscored CBU, which finished the 2021 campaign with a record of 26-1. They outscored them 28-6 in that third quarter. Wow. The number, yep. And then on Saturday afternoon at Gill, before the football game, the women improved a three and zero on the season, taking down Cal State Bakersfield eighty two to fifty one. Now in that game, as a team, Oregon State shot fifty point nine percent from the floor and seventy percent during the third quarter. The Beavs also hold an eighteen to nothing advantage on fast break points. Hmm. Now the the Beavs will hit the road for the first time this week as they head to Florida for the Daytona Beach Invitational. The Bees will face number 13 Michigan on Friday and Notre Dame on Saturday. Mm. So the competition steps up. Yeah, it does. Yep. On to a little bit of men's basketball. Okay. Cooper Cafes hit a go-ahead three-pointer with 121 left in the game. And Jerome Marshall followed up with a layup, and Samford held off the Beavs 78-77 to in a thrilling non-conference game on Thursday night at Gill. The Beavs trailed 42-32 at halftime, but battled back to take a 75-73 lead on a dunk by Warith Alatiche with a minute 27 left to play. Cephas followed with his three-pointer, and Marshall scored with 38 seconds remaining to put the Bulldogs up 78-75. Deshaun Davis answered with a layup, but the Bees failed to retake the lead despite forcing two Sanford turnovers in the final 16 seconds. Hmm. That's just not good. No. Then Beege on Sunday afternoon at Gill. Ethan Wright scored a career-high 24 points with six three-pointers, also a career best, and sank two free throws with six seconds remaining as Princeton held off Oregon State 81-80. to God dang it. The Ivy League Tigers never trailed after a Drew Freeberg three-pointer gave them a 29-27 lead at the 5:41 mark of the first half and led by as many as 11 points with 6:33 remaining in the game. So we had a hell of a comeback but not not enough. Yeah, we've got two games there where you've lost by a point at home. 
That sucks. Yeah. These are games you need do, to be winning. And do these factor into our ability to in the Pac-12? Do they all count? They don't count for the Pac-12, but they will count for getting to the tournament. Okay. So, all right, Beach. A little bit of football news. Oregon State offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Brian Lindgren is one of 59 nominees for the 2021 Broyles Award. The Frank and Broyles. The Frank and Barbara Broyles Foundation has announced the Broyles Award is given annually to college football's top assistant coach. Lindgren has overseen an offense that is ranked among the top in the Pac-12 and the nation. Oregon State is ranked first in the Pac-12 in total offense at 444.6 yards per game and rushing offense at 228.7 and seventh in the nation and third in scoring offense at 34 points per game. So, So you win this, what do you get? You just get recognition. Just an award? Yeah, and and you probably also get offered a uh, head coaching job somewhere. <laughs> but 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 no no cash? No 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 I don't believe benefit. so. I don't believe so. Well then why don't we give like the Heinrich Tailgater, you know, most amazing player award if we don't have to provide any cash? I'd I'd buy a plaque. <laughs> there you go. I mean that's a little disappointing. Well work on that. Yeah. Yeah, make it notoriety. Not only do we have the most awesome tailgate, Oregon State, the the best unofficial podcast, but now we're going to have our own award. There you go. <clears throat> maybe major maybe award. Major award. I was just thinking, maybe something from Italy. So, you know, wasn't it right. Italy? Yeah, it was. It was Italian. Yeah. Fragile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Beach. Uh, we're going to finish up with a little just Beaver sports news. Okay. Last Friday evening. Oregon State University inducted its 16th class into its Athletic Hall of Fame. The six-member and two-team class was announced in the spring of 2020, but had its induction ceremony delayed until 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, the group is comprised of former football head coach Dennis Erickson, former women's basketball head coach Aki Hill, softball standout Tara Beister, Men's basketball legend, Mark Radford. Men's soccer All-American, Dandy Mwanga. And women's soccer All-American and international player of the year, Jody Taylor. In addition to those six individuals, the Beavers also enshrined the 1980 women's rowing team and the 2001 Fiesta Bowl team. That was so awesome seeing them at the uh, stadium on Saturday. I agree. Yeah, uh, you it know it, it's hard. It's hard for me to re- realize that it was 20 years ago. 20 years know? ago, and I still picture all those guys to look like they're in their 20s, and now they all look like they're in their 40s. Exactly, isn't that crazy? It is. It, it, really it, was, it is. was weird. It was weird. It was weird. You know, I mean, and you especially should realize that because you were serving a pizza back at Woodstock's in those years. Oh yeah. Right. And so you 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 saw them all face to face up close, and I said, "You see Ken Simonton there?" And it's like, "Dude, that's not little Kenny Simonton anymore." Oh. So, yeah, oh. crazy. His man got kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Hey Billy. Yeah, Beach. Did you hear that? I do. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me lift this bitch. Billy. Yes, this just in cahoots an acronym for crisis assistance helping out on the streets 
a public mental health group in Eugene released a, released a statement Sunday afternoon due to the high number of cutting and huffing injuries throughout the Mid Valley. The statement is as follows. When removing bumper and window stickers from your car, please use a retractable razor blade and cut away from your body. When removing <laughs> the excess glue, try to use WD-40 or similar. Do not use lacquer thinner and refrain from breathing in the vapors as we have been receiving excessive calls of puffing overdoses since Saturday afternoon. And this has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. I, I would uh, I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, apparently I uh, hope uh, apparently they're they're taking off all those uh, those lovely stickers off the backs of their cars. Yeah. Or, or I guess bicycles for a lot of those those environmental greenies down there in Eugene. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beach. So. With that, are we ready to go under further review for week number twelve in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! Absolutely, Billy. Let's. You know, Billy, it's a perfect week. It was a perfect week. All right. So heading into this week, you were in the lead at forty-six out of sixty-three. Mm-hmm. I was in second place at thirty-nine out of sixty-three, and Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Was at 35 out of 63. Mm-hmm. And one of us had a really good week. Mm-hmm. And one of us had a horrible week. Hmm. I'm thinking I might have had an average week. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. So. First up, Beads, we had one game on Friday night. That was Arizona at Washington State. And Kyle and I were all about the Cougs, even though we were hoping the Cougs would lose. Mm-hmm. And, and I, to be opposite of you, trying to catch up, took Arizona. You know, sometimes you over uh, overexpose yourself. You make bad choices. Well, Beach, Washington State running back Max Borgie rushed for a career-high 139 yards and two touchdowns in the last home game of his career. Travell Harris and Calvin Jackson Jr. each had two touchdown receptions, and Washington State became bowl-eligible with a 44-18 win over Arizona on Friday night. Washington State quarterback Jaden Delora was 13 of 22 for 259 yards passing. Delora hit Harris for an eight-yard touchdown in the second quarter and a 30-yarder in the third quarter that gave Washington State a 37-7 lead. Delora also hit Jackson on a 43-yard TD late in the first half, less than a minute after Arizona had scored to pull within 14-7. Jackson added the capper with a 78-yard TD reception from Delora in the fourth quarter. Hmm. So you and Kyle got the win there. I, however, did not. Mm-hmm. Next up, Beach, all the rest of the games were on Saturday. First up, Washington at Colorado. And, uh, again, Kyle and I agreed and chose uh, the Buffaloes. And uh, you picked the Huskies. So Jack Lamb returned a fumble 88 yards for a touchdown, one of four turnovers created by Colorado. 88 held on 88 yards. He returned a fumble 88 yards. Yeah. Wow. Yep. 
and the defense sealed the game with a fourth down stop as the Buffaloes held on for a 20-17 win over Washington. Now, the Buffaloes relied on their bend-but-don't-break defense with the offense struggling most of the afternoon. Colorado intercepted two passes by Dylan Morris and forced two fumbles. Linebacker Carson Wells wrapped it up when he hurried Morris into an incompletion on fourth down. It gave the Buffs the ball back on downs to run out the clock. Mm. So you and you and Kyle got the win there. I did not. Next up, we had UCLA at USC in the battle for the victory bell. And Kyle and I, again, together, agreed on bitch tits Chip Kelly and his UCLA Bruins. You, on the other hand, picked the men of Troy. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson romped through the Coliseum end zone during the second quarter and looked up to see a young fan in Southern California gear holding out a UCLA hat and a pen. Now on a day when the Bruins quarterback sees just about every opportunity, he celebrated his touchdown with an impromptu autograph, quickly followed by a penalty flag. Now Thompson Romson passed for 349 yards and four touchdowns while rushing for two more scores and UCLA reclaimed the victory bell with a 62-33 victory over USC on Saturday. Kyle Phillips caught two TD passes as UCLA beat the Trojans for the first time since 2018 and won at the Coliseum for just the second time since 1997. The Bruins' 62 points tied the record for the most ever allowed in USC's storied football history. Mm. So you guys got the win there. I... Did not. And I have to say, uh, Thompson Robinson actually took a picture with that kid. It's awesome. Um, after the game, too. It's kind of cool. It was funny because he just ran through and scored, and this kid is standing there with his hat, and he just kind of ran up to him, signed it, handed it back, and the referees throw the flag, but which they a, probably should have. But, but it was a USC hat? No, the kid was oh. in USC gear but had a UCLA oh. hat. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I read somewhere they said that mom, his mom made him wear that stuff. Okay. But afterwards, afterwards when they were taking the picture, because I saw a video of it, mm-hmm. he said, he goes, you're my favorite quarterback. It's awesome. So that was cool. All right. Next up, Beach, Cal at Stanford. Total, totally worth the penalty. Um, yep. Uh, Cal at Stanford. I stood alone on this one, and I picked uh, Stanford, and you and Kyle picked uh, Cal. Well, Beach, Cal quarterback Chase Garbers returned from about with COVID-19 to throw the longest pass in the history of the rivalry against Stanford, which was an 84-yard TD to Trevin Young, leading Cal to a 41-11 victory on Saturday. But nearly all of the 40 positive COVID players for Cal were back on Saturday, and Cal delivered a thorough beating of Stanford with a big game record 636 yards of offense, including 352 on the ground. Now Stanford was gashed again by big plays, allowing a 75-yard run to Brooks and a 76-yard TD run to Marcel Dancy in the third quarter. The Cardinal have allowed five TDs from scrimmage of more than 50 yards in the past three games. Are they just not that good, or is their coaching just out of whack? I just don't think they've had the players they have in the past. Okay. I still think they have some of the best coach in the pack. Okay. Shaw is a great head coach. I just don't think they have some of the 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 players, some of the depth they've had in the years past. Okay. 
You know, they don't they don't have that the big the big play tight ends they've had for for years and years. I don't see the big play running back. No, uh, really, no. where I think they look weak is along the offensive and defensive lines. Okay, that's where I think they look uh, especially weak. Okay. All right. So. Okay, so you got a point there, Billy. Way to go. And Kyle got another point. Slow, slow clap. Hold on. Slow clap. Good job, Billy. All right, Beach. Up next, Oregon at Utah. Ooh. You went out on the limb, and you supported the Ducks. Well, no, Kyle and I, I didn't support it. No, 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 no. I didn't support anyone. I picked opposite on you on every game. Pure and simple. Wow. Wow. Well, you know. And I said, if Oregon wins, then I'll pick up a win. And if Oregon doesn't, then I'm just as happy because Oregon didn't win. Well, I hope you're happy, you little bitch. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Kyle and I picked Utah. Oregon never really had a chance against the Utes after Utah scored 14 points in the final 27 seconds before halftime to take a four-touchdown lead. Now, Britton Covey returned a punt 78 yards for a TD on the final play of the first half as the Utes ended the Ducks' playoff hopes 38-7. Davion Thomas ran for 94 yards and three touchdowns to help the Utes wrap up a share of the Pac-12 South title and a spot in the conference championship game. Utah has now won four games in a row. For the for Oregon, quarterback Brown Jr. threw for 231 yards and a touchdown, but Oregon rushed for only 63 yards and had a meager 294 yards of offense. Utah just shut down their run game. Oh, just, just yeah, destroyed it. Hmm. So. Well, hopefully the Beavs can learn something from that. Hopefully. Yeah. So, yep. Well, it wasn't, and it was that, uh, what was the, uh, the, uh, right at the, what, what they score within the last minute they, of, of the first half? Oh, they scored with no time left on the clock. Yeah. That, that punt return. Yeah. Yeah. They said, and that, if you were, if you were, if you remember when the Beavs were playing Utah, I just kept saying, don't kick it to Covey when Covey was out there playing, uh, wide receiver mm-hmm. cover Covey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the guy's like a, he's been at Utah for like seven well, years. And like they said, the, the, like seven years. Well, and, and they oh, said, yeah, they, they said the, uh, the punter could have kicked it out of bounds. He could have kicked it away. Could have done something, kicked it right to yeah. him and, uh, just cost him, you know, not, not only did it cost him seven points, but I think it also demoralized him. So, so Britton Covey, is how old is he? So he's only a junior right now. Right? How old is he? And his first game was in 2015. Seriously? Yeah. How does so that he even played work? in 20. He played in 2015. Uh huh. Right. Uh huh. He played in 2015, um, and then was gone 2016 and 2017 probably because he was on a mission. Uh huh. Okay. And then he played in 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. But now 2020 doesn't count towards eligibility. Okay. 
But you said he's a junior. He's a junior or a senior? He's considered a junior. Freshman, sophomore, because, junior. Well, because I, I imagine. I, yes, but I imagine that the, let's see, in 2015. Is he a red shirt? Okay, he played in 12 games with eight starts as a true freshman. Okay. 2018, played in 13 games. 2020, only played in four games. So that doesn't 2020. count? 2020 doesn't count. Oh, it doesn't count. Okay. That makes him a junior, I guess. So, yeah. Wow, crazy. How many kids does he have now? Um, I don't even know how old he is. Like 35. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, but he's just he's just a good receiver. Yeah, apparently so. So that's why I was like, don't kick it to Covey, don't kick it to Covey. All right, Beach. So you and Kyle got the win there. I did not. Hmm. So for the week, I went one of five. Hmm. You went. You went four of five. Okay. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Went five of five. You know, Kyle's like Casey at the bat. He's waiting for the last in. He's going to come from behind and take it all. Yep. So after this week, you are at 50 out of 68. And Kyle and I are tied at 40 out of 68. Look at that. You went from being in a distant second to quite possibly third. So now your effort shouldn't be to try to beat Beach. Your effort should be just try to keep some dignity and stay ahead of Kyle. Yeah, I think Bean should shut up. <laughs> Remember, I do the editing on this podcast. Oh, wow. Really? It doesn't take me long to make me well, look I don't like have an to do much doesn't to take make... me to make, make you look like an ass on here. Exactly. <laughs> I just won't delete some of the things I normally delete. <laughs> the inappropriate. Let your color. true colors come shining through. <laughs> 16 times a week. <laughs> there you go. All right, Beach. Our last game of the week, we'll talk about Arizona State at Oregon State. Oh, oh. hold on, Bill. I got to get comfortable. I'm going to get a little bit of a chub here. Okay. (laughs) Well, Beach, Oregon State chewed up Arizona State 24 to 10 Saturday night at Reeser Stadium. And we now have seven days, six, five by the time you hear this, to look forward to the game formerly known as the Civil War. Now, on the second play from scrimmage, Oregon State defensive back Alex Austin picked off a Jaden Daniels pass. Both offenses started slow, but a 52-yard Everett Hayes field goal got the scoring started. Oregon State started to seize momentum after a missed ASU field goal and then marched down the field on a 14-play, 80-yard touchdown drive capped off by Trayson Harrison making him his man miss and then powering into the end zone. Now, after an ASU three and out, Oregon State went on another long touchdown drive that ended in a chance Nolan quarterback sneak to take a commanding 17 to nothing lead. Mm-hmm. Now, Oregon State struggled after the halftime break. Their first, few, their first few drives of the second half went punt, punt, followed by a failed punt snap that led to Arizona State getting the ball at the OSU four-yard line and scoring their only touchdown of the evening. Now, after ASU cut it to a one-score possession at 17-10, Oregon State called Jack Coletto's number. On fourth and two from the Arizona State 47, the Jackhammer took it to the house 
for a huge touchdown run, effectively ending the game. You know, I was getting nervous in the third quarter because we just mm-hmm. didn't seem to have it. And when we were only up by one score, it just, I'm like, yeah. I, being a Beaver fan, you just know that it doesn't take much effort to score two points or two scores um, back to back and ruin our day. And, uh, yeah. but when Coletto uh, did that touchdown, the the team and the whole stadium seemed re-energized at that point. It just, it I, electrified it, that it, stadium. It really did. It really did. I mean, you just felt like it was kind of just falling and then all of a sudden that happened and boom, there was no, at that point you knew we were in commanding control. I mean, I think uh, it, it, uh, it really hit Arizona state that they, how far behind they were and how well we were playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and uh, well, first of all, beach, how were those throwback jerseys? The freaking jerseys were awesome. You know, the they old, just, uh, the only thing they that just was, looked tough. They did. The only thing that would have been better. And I kind of was disappointed. I was kind of hoping they would repaint the beaver on the, on the center of the field. To, okay. To match. So, so they hadn't talked about that. And I know I brought it up a couple times online mm-hmm. and then I know the guy. Well, you know that I know the guy yeah. that helps do the repainting. Uh-huh. And I just messaged him, dude, are they going to put the old angry beaver logo at, at midfield? He goes, I haven't heard, but I hope they do. And then later that day, he texted me, oh, yeah, they want to do it. Well, the problem was they couldn't find the stencil. Son of a gun. Yep, couldn't find the stencil. And by that time, it was too late to get another one made. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, but those those jerseys just looked phenomenal. And if anyone that never got to see that 2000 team, that 2000 defense was so incredibly fast. Yeah. All over the place. The defensive line was fast. The linebackers are fast. The DBs are fast. And there was some plays on Saturday where that defense looked awesome. You know, um, I remember the pat down from that era. Yep. The, they're patting the, the patting the flames off them because they were so hot. Yep. And then uh, also the fact that they played the original intro with the Men in Black. Yep. Uh, Men in Black intro, yep. Yeah, that was just great. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel yep. like I'm, I'm sitting at uh, in uh, in Phoenix getting ready to watch watch the game against Notre Dame. I was feeling so good. Because that was the last time yep. that intro was played. Because they played it. I at, believe so, yeah. Yeah, they played it at that stadium. Yeah. So. Um, I, I'd say the defense played phenomenal. I mean, they held Rashad White to 39 yards on 15 carries. That dude had gone for over 400 yards in the last two games. Wow. Yep. And Arizona State loves to run the ball. They only had 63 yards rushing on the on the night. Wow. I, I have to say, the, the turnaround under Trent, Trent Bray has been pretty damn amazing. It's fantastic. You know? I, I hope he can continue. Yep. I'm really nervous about next week's game. Yeah, well, I mean, that defense, though, they even had some injuries to deal with on on Saturday night. And they still held ASU to 266 yards. Mm-hmm. And pretty much without a touchdown, because the touchdown that offense did score was basically on special teams. You, you know, you know, you, you turn the ball over at the four. Mm-hmm. With their, what are they supposed to do? Oh, me? No, I'm saying, what what's the defense supposed to do? Yeah. You know, the one thing that got me was that they, they made the one bad targeting call, which they reversed it, 
which was a good call. Mm-hmm. But then they totally missed the other targeting call, which was was true targeting. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm like. And the other one I didn't understand was how long it, why it took him so damn long to confirm that the guy was out of bounds when he recovered that fumble. Yeah, that was an excessive. I mean, I'm like, why, why is this taking so long? It's pretty damn straightforward. Yeah, he's out of bounds. He reaches and he's the first person to grab the ball from out of bounds. Huh. Without it well, being... the thing is, he couldn't. He couldn't even be the second person to touch the ball. Oh, really? Because he's coming in from out of bounds. He has to come in bounds, reestablish himself. So, in other words, he basically has to get himself back in bounds, mm-hmm. and then he can recover the ball. Oh, and he never really did. He never did because he dove in from out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. Because what you're saying is he'd have to like almost like walk in, like both feet on You'd the ground step... inside. Exactly. Step back in bounds, and then he could continue the play. Yeah, and and it did. So... It was exceptionally long time uh, for the review. Uh, on that mm-hmm. and it, you know i think you were sitting next to me you're going i don't like this i don't like this it shouldn't be taking this long this I, is taking yeah this I'm, is taking way like, too long maybe they had to pull out the book and read the read the rules real quick before they made the judgment yeah. call so but uh the refs called it right on the field mm-hmm. so i just didn't understand why it took them so damn long to, to do that yeah you know it's san francisco but, they, they go out there on face yeah. but that was a great freaking game like I said, I just love the the electricity that defense under Trent Bray. He's got him playing loose, he's got him playing fast, and he's putting pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like we had enough pressure on it, see. but there was some holding going on that they weren't calling. But but felt yeah. we could have. Well, and you also got to watch out too because Daniels is fast, but so, he wasn't comfortable back there. Yeah, no, there's a couple times you got a little bit nervous. But, yeah, uh, you can't just you can't just you know all out blitz him every play. But you also can't stand back and just try to cover. Yeah. For for ten seconds. Make make him make a bad make him make a bad decision. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, what about the uh, tailgater beach? No, no. With what Greg does, I mean, helping you put up the tent, he's always there before I get there in the morning. Um, oh yeah, but but just unbelievable what what uh, those 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 tall bar type. tables he met he met, he built yeah yeah and bringing out the fire pits that oh was my, great the fire thought, pits were I fantastic the food was great God. yeah it was just a great time no it was fantastic so yeah i thought my deep fried goodness did well i mean people seem to love the churros yeah oh i thought the churros turned out great yeah turned out great i still had people talking about those all night so <laughs> no it was a great time i thought uh i just thought it was a great season of tailgates it was it was and only one kind of nasty day or marginal day one kind of yeah crummy yeah. weather day so one out of six but of, i think it's i still of, think it turned out okay through the tailgater it was crappy early but i think it dried yeah, out yeah yeah and and again one out of six for the season is not bad at all and no not at all you know the the crappiest thing we, we haven't really talked about this but the fact that they're going to tear down the old site of reeser stadium and rebuild it and uh all the displaced fans and, and yeah, we're most, losing our seats. Yeah. And most of the fans who are on that side, I mean, they, I would guess a lot of them are probably 20 plus year fans. Yeah. You know? We've had those seats for a long day. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have, you know, and yeah. you, you know, I mean, I think they added the boxes and stuff on that side of Reeser back in what? 91, 90, 91. Wasn't that when that's yeah, 91. Got, that's that. That's when that side of the stadium got the up, the update. 
Correct. I, I, I think it might have been finished in 92, but yes. Okay. And, uh, you know, and that's, you know, and I mean, I remember when, because didn't at the time when they did that, they had some of the largest boxes up there and stuff like that available? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it yeah. was cutting edge at the time, and now we're going to knock the whole son of a gun to the ground. So yep. it, it's it's disappointing. Um, Sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm going to like getting a chair instead of having the freaking aluminum benches. And I, you know, I'll have a seat back for once and that'll be kind of nice. But I don't mm. want to wait two years for this crap. So that's going to. Well, it's and, only and, one season. Yeah, but that's it's still two years. So yeah. it's a long time to wait. So yeah. anyway, but hopefully they'll put a. A, uh, a nicer Qdoba on our side and, and uh, not just run out of a tent. Yeah. So, cause the other side does have a lot more choices of venues and we never even walk over there cause it's such a long walk. Yeah. So, well, and we're there to watch the game. True that, true that. But yeah. you know, sometimes you want to go hunt yourself some food and it's like, all we've got is pretzels and popcorn and crappy popcorn mm. at that. So, well, alrighty beach. Well, with that win, it really and Oregon's loss, it really mucks up the Pac-12 North. It really, in a good way for us. I mean, yeah. Well, so Utah has won the South. Okay. They're at seven and one, and Arizona State and UCLA are both at five and three, with only one game left. And it, it, so there's no way because Utah beat Arizona. No way they can catch them. Utah beat Arizona State. And UCLA too, I believe. Okay. Okay. So there's no way they can get touched. But in the north right now, mm-hmm. Oregon's leading at six and two. Washington State's at five and three, and Oregon State is at five and three. So there is a possibility you could have two or three teams tied. So right? theoretically, yeah, because if we beat Oregon then we So here I'm going to give I'm going to give you the the scenarios here, right? Okay, all right, let's do this. I'm I'm going to give them to you. So each of these teams has a chance to win the Pac-12 South and play Utah at the Pac-12 Championship in Las Vegas. So here are the scenario, scenarios, you ready? Mm-hmm. Oregon will win the Pac-12 North with a victory against Oregon State in the rivalry game at 12:30 next Saturday. Is that the rivalry game formerly known as Civil War? Correct. Okay. Just so if Oregon wins the Civil War, uh-huh. if Oregon wins the Civil War, they win the Pac-12 North. Okay. So they theirs is they're, they're they control their, they're the only team that controls their own destiny. Correct. Okay. Now Oregon State will win the Pac-12 North with a victory against Oregon in the Civil War game, mm-hmm. combined with a Washington State loss to Washington in the Apple Cup on Friday. Okay. So if Washington beats Washington State Friday night, and then Oregon State beats Oregon, Oregon State goes to the Pac-12 championship game. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Washington State will win the Pac-12 North with a victory against Washington in the Apple Cup on Friday, combined with an Oregon State win against Oregon. Okay? okay. So if this scenario happens, the Ducks, Beavs, and Cougs would all have identical records of five and three, right? Mm-hmm. But but since they all beat each other, that's the first tiebreaker is how did they do against each other, and they'd all be one and one against each other. 
But the Cougs would win the three-way tiebreaker by virtue of having a better record against Pac-12 North teams. So Washington State um, would be 4-1 and one against the North, and the Beavs and Ducks would both be 3-2. and two. Okay. And then we would theoretically be ranked higher than Oregon because we beat them. Correct. So it would go 1-2-3, and three, Wazoo, Oregon State, Oregon. Correct. Okay. So that kind of theoretically betters our position for a bowl, even if we go in because we're still be considered number two in the north. Correct. Okay. And you'd probably be considered, well, yeah. So ultimately, because we all hate the Ducks, the best thing that can happen this week is primarily Oregon State win. Uh, First and foremost, yes. Yeah. Okay, so that crap has to get done. But, unfortunately, the other deciding game actually happens on Friday this week, correct? Correct. So we will know it'll eliminate the, the question will be something. At, yeah, the, one, one option will be off the table by Saturday morning. Well, po- possibly. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, either Washington State or Oregon State will be eliminated from the race Friday night. Yep. Okay. Yep. I had uh, I had my uh, a friend of mine who lives up in Seattle who's a Husky grad. Um, I told him I'm rooting for his team. He said, "Well, he's rooting for ours." So he uh, he said, "Well, if you want to mail me a Husky hat, I'll wear it on Friday." So <laughs> I, I said, "I might even wear it on Saturday if it means anything." <laughs> so I don't know if you want to wear that hat down to. Uh... Awesome. Uh, get beat up on both ends. If I wore my orange and black yeah, on my, then a, then a Husky hat, that'd be, that'd be, yeah. yeah. So, totally. well, so interesting how this is going to turn out. Um, I'm anxious for Friday. What, what time do the Huskies play? I think five 30. Let me look. I, I think it's five 30. No, five o'clock on Friday. Okay, I might need you to text me uh, updates because I think I work from like two to nine or something like that. I can do that. Okay, because uh, I really I'd like to know. Yep. All right, Beach. We'll go on to the Pac-12 in the polls. Okay. Somebody dropped Oregon. Okay. Somebody dropped Oregon. Yeah, Oregon fell like a lead balloon, seven spots to number eleven, <laughs> and Utah sprang up eight spots to number sixteen. Wow. And in the coaches' poll, Oregon tumbled six spots to number 11, and Utah rose six spots to number 19. Why Why did and, – And in the others receiving votes category, the Beavs got two votes. Sweet. I figured one of those is probably from Utah, <laughs> trying to make themselves look better. Mm-hmm. And the other one might be from Purdue. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if Purdue's making votes, but you know. Why? Um, so the team that's the strongest in the Pac-12 is is Arizona, or not Arizona is Utah. So why why doesn't why don't they go ahead? Why does Oregon only drop well, so much? Because why does Utah only go up so because, much when it's because Utah Utah's eight and three. Who they lose? To? Oregon's Oregon's nine and two. Utah lost two non-conference games to BYU and San Diego State. Okay. 
San Diego State's marginal. BYU's been playing pretty decent this year, though, have they not? Yeah, B- B- BYU's ranked. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Well, hopefully hopefully their ranking, hopefully uh, Oregon's ranking will drop down a little bit on Sunday. Yeah, BYU's uh, ranked 13th in the AP poll. Yeah, and, 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 and they're non-conference right now, correct? They're not in a conference. They're at large, just like uh, Notre yeah, Dame, right? And BYU, B, yes, that's correct. And BYU plays at USC this week, so. Hmm. Be interesting. I, I mean, they could they, they there could be things that where they should be the uh, Pac-12 champ because they beat Arizona, they beat Utah, they beat Arizona State, um, they beat Washington State, and if they beat USC, I mean, there'll be one, two, I, three, four, five Pac-12 wins. I know we discussed this before, but is there a chance that BYU could be joining the Pac-12? I mean, I never say never, but from what I understand, Stanford does not want to see them in the Pac-12 because the religious, because the religious connection, because because the religious connection, and BYU will not play games on Sunday, mm-hmm. which isn't so big for football, but basketball, baseball, softball, um, golf. There's a lot of things they wouldn't want to yeah. partake in on Sundays. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, they certainly would be a, a fun competitor to have in the uh, football category consistently. Oh, yeah. Now, Beach, for the playoff poll, which actually doesn't come out until Tuesday evening, mm-hmm. um, going into this week, Oregon was at number three. It went Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati at five, Michigan at six. But you know Oregon's going to fall out of their, you know. Yeah. They're, they're going to go down faster than a. I don't know. Fast. Very fast. I don't know. Yeah, they're going to go fast. <laughs> Everything I was thinking was not what I should say. Yeah. So, but um, And Ohio State plays – so I, I bet you'll see Cincinnati move up in there. But then Ohio State plays Michigan this week in their big rivalry game. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how everything falls out. Mm. Yes. We got, we got basically two weeks left, and a lot of things can still happen. All right, Beach. Well, it's now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, it's going to Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland. But really, it's probably going to about four or five, maybe six or seven athletic directors out there. Okay. So, Beach, a year removed from leading Florida to the SEC championship game and playing eventual national champion Alabama as close as anyone, Florida head coach Dan Mullen was fired on Sunday. Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland said he woke up on Sunday morning, having only had a few hours of sleep after getting back from the team's 24-23 overtime loss at Missouri. But he was certain that a change needed to be made. It was the team's fourth consecutive loss to a Power 5 opponent. Dating back to the final three games of 2020, the Gators are 2-9 and nine against Power 5 opponents. Okay. Well, Mullen was, Mullen was given the opportunity to coach the regular season finale against Florida State on Saturday, according to Strickland, but turned it down, saying he didn't want to be a distraction. So assistant coach Greg Knox was named the interim head coach. Now, Beach, Mullen was 34-15 and 15 in four seasons at Florida 
One of those, I will remind you, was the COVID season. Mm -hmm. His replacement will be the Gators' fourth head coach in eight seasons. You're never giving them an opportunity. Yep. Now, A.D. Strickland acknowledged the fact that each of the Gators' past three coaches had some tangible success with Will Muschamp, Jim McElwain, and Mullen all either reaching the SEC championship game or appearing in a BCS bowl game. Now, Strickland said, quote, The challenge has been we haven't been able to sustain it. You've got to put really good structure and culture in place in order to sustain a high level over a long period of time. And that's, going forward, what we've got to focus on. Strickland said he had, quote, thoughts about how things fell apart so quickly. It was only five months ago that he and Mullen agreed on a contract extension and a raise. But what those issues were to cause such a dramatic change, Strickland said, quote, I'm going to keep those to myself. What the hell? Yep, and this is really what it is. I mean, I feel like he's contradicting himself. He's like, we need to sustain it. Dude, you're not even keeping the coach long enough to sustain anything. Exactly. You need to sustain it over a long period of time. What is that? Yeah. 18 months? I'm like, <clears throat> this makes no yeah, sense it, to me. No. I, I'm, you, you, well, and then on top of this, you know, I remember you telling me the reason why you don't take um, scholarships away from injured athletes is because if you did do that, you, st- you would soon find out that you're not going to get any quality athletes to sign up for you because of the risk of losing their scholarship. If they get injured. So teams don't do that, even though it might cost them a scholarship because they're, they're still covering a guy who is unable to play due to an injury. That's just what you do. Well, are you also sending signals through the the marketplace for coaches? Don't come and coach for us because if you don't do what you, if you don't uh, win games by your, by 18 to 24 months in, we're going to fire your ass. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what, who would want that job now? I mean, it's like, I, I mean, Talking about, well, I only slept, but I, I, I decided to make this. I mean, you're never going to have a coach sleep because you're going to get paranoid about being fired every night. Yeah. Well, this just tells me is you sign a, as long a contract as you can for as much money as you can. And try to tie him and up. And just know, yeah, and just know, well, that doesn't stop him. Yeah. He just gave him a contract extension five months ago. I wonder how much he made uh, walking away from that contract. I don't know. But, but, you know, I don't blame him. No. I wouldn't want to coach. Well, we're, your services are no longer needed. All right. Have fun. Yep. Give me a check. I'm I'm gone. I'm going to Disney World. I'm done. Correct. Unbelievable. Correct. I just, I, I just, I'm, and it's been happening more and more, right? TCU fired their coach. Washington State fired their coach. Well, look, uh, not Washington State. Well, Washington, Washington fired their coach. Yeah, Washington State LSU's did it. LSU's fired their coach. Uh, yeah, Washington State. I'm, I'm not going to count. I'm going to yeah. say Washington. USC. LSU. USC. Yep, USC. A lot, now, lot. USC, you can at least say something because he has had like six years to try and do something. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I could see that one he's coming. Been there since other the, ones. He's been there since Ogeron left, correct? Yes. Okay. Or Ogeron was not a, was not rehired, I guess you'd say, or correct. contracted. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So. Anyways, so Florida Athletic Director Scott Strickland and all of those ADs of that kind of ilk who won't give guys a decent chance of actually getting a program up and running. This week's Jackass of the Ward. <laughs> is for you. Anyways, I just, it just, 
It just kills me. Every time you turn around, they're firing another coach. <laughs> All right, Beach, it's now time for the musical interlude. So lay on us. What do you got? Going Ooh, okay. So I'm, I'm pulling it a little bit out. This song was released in 1990, but it, char- it charted in 1991. Um, okay. This song was off of their Flesh and Blood LP. Ooh. Um, I got I got two little interesting little pieces here. Okay, uh, so the first one, okay. the cover art from the single, the, this is the single, not the album, shows Brett Michaels' arm with the words "something to believe in" with a cross in the middle and a tat. Uh, the story goes the tattoo artist had been drinking and spelled "believe" wrong by putting the e before the i, and he tried to fix it by wrapping a rose around the cross and extending the stem to cover the air. Okay. So it just kind of wraps around and down. It looks really stupid. And uh, I guess in the uh, first season of the reality uh, show rock of love, it it Mm -hmm. bugged Brett Michaels. So he actually went to another tattoo shop where they, they corrected his tattoo. So that was one thing, but this one was the other part that I found out that was interesting. So on Christmas Eve, 1989, uh, Brett Michaels uh, had a huge Polynesian bodyguard named James Kimo uh, Maano, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, uh-huh. So his his uh, bodyguard died alone in in Palm Springs in a hotel room. Much like the band, he was heavy into drugs, alcohol, and women, and it took a toll on his health. Now they didn't really state why or how he died. I don't know if it was an overdose or, or something else, but Michael Michaels had uh, when when he heard the heard about it, um, he locked himself in his room and actually began writing this song. And if you watch the video, uh, Kimo can be seen in the music video when he starts referencing about his uh, friend died in a Palm Springs hotel room. Um, and also, there's another verse where he talks about a, a Vietnam vet. And that Vietnam vet is actually Brett's uh, cousin, Bob, is who hmm. he's referencing. So anyway, thought that was a little bit interesting. So because I've always enjoyed this song, never really knew where the inspiration for the lyrics came from. And, you know, it's funny how you just look something up and you, it, it's just kind of interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So who knew that that the song was actually about his bodyguard on one verse and about his uh his cousin uh, on the other. So here, here it is a power ballad by, uh, by the, the great 1980s band poison, uh, something to believe in. Shorty find his country didn't want him back 
best friends in Saigon I know this Lucas wife His kids, no regrets Anytime I don't remember And a war he can't forget He cried, forgive me for what I done there Cause I never meant the things I did And give me something to believe in there's a Lord above I give you something to believe in Oh Lord arise My best friend died A lonely man In some Palm Springs hotel room I got the call last Christmas Eve and they told me the news I tried all night Not to break down and cry As I felt so cold and empty, but like a lost soul out of place. And the mirror, mirror on the wall, see my smiling face again. I give my something to me.
something to believe in I've always really liked that song, Beach. Me too. I actually watched the video um, when I picked this out because I wanted to see what what chemo looked like. And um, Mm -hmm. anyway, I was just looking it up myself. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, you know, it's funny because I've heard the song so many times. I'm surprised I never bothered to Google it to find out what they were talking about. You know, where the lyrics were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, You you know, sometimes you just listen and think, oh, he was just you know high on pot and came up with these lyrics, and you know, it's not anything, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you realize, and he must, I think he was pretty tight with the guy. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I always, you know, what Poison's always been a, a, a I don't want to say I, I, I freaking love him, but I've always appreciated him because Brett Michaels and for the most part Poison have continued to play their music through, you know, in the late 80s, throughout the 90s, and even to this day. And whether they're playing sold out arenas, or county fairs, or you and I saw them at the the Oregon Garden when they put a show that was out. A good show. It was a great show, and you yeah. know, and and I just love the fact that they've never stopped. They do what they enjoy doing, whether and and you know whether it be a large audience enjoying what they're doing or a small audience. They they put on a great show and and love to play and perform. And uh, yeah, I'll say <laughs> it. I love Poison. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I have no problem saying it. No, I mean, I never, I never had a problem saying it. I just, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, again, I'm always a Van Halen fan. Uh, mm-hmm. That's always been my, my, tr- and, and I'd say poison probably on a second tier list, but not, not too far down on a second tier list for me. So. Yep. All right, anyway, Beach. There we go. Are you, are you ready to give uh week 13 in the pack 12 a go? Okay. All right. So we have two games on Friday. And looks like five games on Saturday. So first up on Friday the 26th, Colorado at Utah. Colorado at Utah. You know, if uh, Utah can't win, we're in deep crap. Um, I'm picking the Utes. You could be just taking Utah. Kyle says... This matchup has seen wait, wait, some upsets. Hold on, stop Close that. Game. Stop that. If, if, if Utah – did I say Utah or Colorado? You said Utah. Okay. Well, no. I, well, when I start out, if Utah can't beat Colorado, we're in deep crap. Okay. Is that what I said? Well, this I matchup – yes, okay. that's what you said. Okay. All right. This matchup has seen some upsets. Close game. Utes win. I, too, am taking Utah. Ooh, Billy finally agreeing with me. Finally has realized that his real enemy is Kyle, not me. <laughs> Oh, I hate you, Beach. <laughs> Next up, Washington State at Washington. Um, you know what? Okay, we got two teams. <laughs> yeah, so usually it takes for a football game. Exactly, two teams. These two dudes walk into a bar. Um, I don't know if it's just hope, desire. I'm gonna take the Huskies. You know, Wazoo hasn't beaten them in years, which means they're probably due. But I just also feel like they have trouble playing Washington. They're also playing at home. So I'm really shooting for the Huskies. They can pull together with their no coach and uh, and pull out a win and try to make a positive season out of what is a crappy season for them. All right. Kyle says Huskies with the win. Wow. No, no deep thoughts by Kyle. 
Nope, that's all it says. Mm. I too, I'm going to take you, Dub. Okay, because, because you don't want to lose against Kyle. <laughs> You'll next for up, the tie. <laughs> next up, we've got five games on Saturday. It's like you're playing soccer. For, <laughs> first up, Arizona at Arizona State for the Territorial Cup. Ooh, Arizona State's going to take that home. Kyle says, my bones say Sun Devils. I, too, am taking ASU. His bones? That's what it says. Next up, Beach. Chase, it's not his bones. Notre Dame. Notre, shut up. <laughs> Notre Dame at Stanford. Notre Dame at Stanford. <clears throat> I would certainly like to see Stanford win, but I got to go with Notre Dame on this one. Okay. I, too, am taking Notre Dame. Kyle says, Notre Dame will win by so much they would even let Rudy play. All right. Next up, BYU at USC. Again, I'd love to see the Pac-12 team win, but I'm going to go with BYU on this one. Kyle says the Mormons find another win in their pantry. BYU. They always, they always have to keep a stocked pantry. You no, know, yeah, I got, I got the joke there. Yeah. Yeah. I see what I'm, he I was too. doing a Mormon joke there. Good going, Kyle. I'm <laughs> pissed off our, our our listener base. So yeah, and I too, I'm going to take BYU. Mm-hmm. Last up for our picks this week, Beach Cal at UCLA. Oh, big brother versus little brother. Do you think Bitch Tits is going to stay with UCLA, or do you think he's going to be drafted? I don't know. I've heard some things that he might go to Washington. We'll see. Hmm. Well, I, I don't like the man, but I'm going to think that he's going to win this one. Each takes UCLA. Kyle says, Cal pulls out a win because F. Chip Kelly. I'm agreeing with Kyle. F. F. Chip Kelly. Yeah. I think that's Kyle's kind of go-to. Yep. I agree with you him. Know? Cal's been playing really well as of late. So. Well, well, now that they got their team back together. Yep. And at the end, Kyle says, and the Ducks lose. And I think we're all hoping for that. Yeah. I, we want to see the Beavs win. Billy and I will be there to see it firsthand. I'm actually right now holding in my hand a pair of tickets to the football game. Do you remember that? Was it how many years ago was it? Was it two years ago? It was colder than hell. Yeah, there was a two, four years ago. Yeah, it was colder all get out. Yeah, I remember being up there. It was sunny, but cold as hell. Cold as hell, yeah. Yeah. Yep, because I don't wear my Under Armour often. I remember wearing it that day, and I wore it this last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Because Jess was like, how many times have you worn that since we moved into this house? We've been here six years. And I'm like, I think this might only be the second time. Wow. Yeah. Because I bought it, I remember I bought it when I lived in in Corvallis. Hmm. So. I don't know. But anyways, what, what, yep. what so is, hopefully we'll the, get a good. What is the forecast for a Saturday? Um, I'm not sure. Let me look it up. Let's see, extended forecast Saturday. Ooh. It looks like high of 61. Wow. Low of 47, and looks like. No rain. That's a variable heat wave down there. 
Well, you know, it never rains in Hudson Stadium. So 60-48. Sprinkles early, breaks of sun late. Okay. So 52% chance of rain, but the amount forecast is 0.02 inches. Okay. So literally, little just a little bit of sprinkles early in the morning. Coastal misting. Yep, and then and then it should be nice. Okay. So there you go. Okay. Looks like the only time of rain is going to be uh, Friday and then just a little bit Saturday morning. So that's good. Good times. That's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going down there, Beach. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we get a Beaver win and we'll have one more regular season game to talk about. Yep. But no matter what, we still have a bonus football. Yes. Yes. So you got to like that. Absolutely. All right, Beach. Uh, are you going to tell us about your uh, ooh, my your uh, Paris State? My Paris State. Okay. So, so remember my 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 last week's date. I talked about my friend Janie, who tried to set me up with that gal who apparently didn't want to go out with me because she kept inviting other people on the date to go with us until I finally ended it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before that happened, like, I think it was like a year or so before Janie calls me up one night and she's like, you know, do you want to go to dinner with me and Kevin and my friend Heather? And I'm like, sure. What the hell? You know, I got nothing to do. I'll, I'll go to dinner with you. So never met Heather before in my life. We went to red Robin, had dinner, had conversation, nothing fantastic. And that was the end of it. And then like, I don't know, six or, and, and like, I think I got Heather's phone number, but Heather lives in Arizona. Right. And so anyway, Janie comes to me like six or eight months later and she goes, Hey, remember my friend Heather? I'm like, yeah, she's like, she's moving to, or or she goes, she got accepted on the Walt Disney world college program, but now she's not going to go. And she goes, you need to call her and talk her into it. I said, well, I'll give her a call and talk to her about it. So I called her up and, and said, hey, Janie told me you got accepted on the Walt Disney World College program. And she's like, yeah. But she goes, I just she, – she owned a house at the time, and she, she's a, um, she was going to school part-time, but she was a hairdresser. So she's making fairly decent income doing hair. And, and again, she owned a house, and she said, you know, I, was, I wanted to go, but she goes, I started doing more reading about it, and you don't make any money working there. And I said, no, you pretty much get paid minimum wage, and it barely covers your cost to eat and house yourself. You know, not not to mention it doesn't cover your cost of transportation. So you got to you, you got to cut back your lifestyle. And she goes, well, I just don't see it working out for me at all. She goes, I'm supposed to leave in January. But she goes, I just don't I, I I'm going to turn it down because I just can't do the math, you know, to make it work. And at the time, this would have been like like October. And actually, I was at a tailgater when I made this phone call. And and she's like, uh and so at the same time that I made this phone call, I'd actually – I had a credit card at the time that built up points, and I never really used them because I hate points. It drives me nuts to have to spend stuff on going through a catalog and crap or whatever you have to do. But you could use it for travel. And so I had these points build up, and I had to actually spend them before the end of December, at least you know, apply them to something. And I was wanting to take a trip somewhere, but I didn't have a date because it's me, and – so I'm talking to Heather, and this is going through my mind as I'm talking to her. And I said, so you're not doing anything at all this spring, you know, from January to like March or April. She goes like, no. And I'm like, you want to go to uh, you want to go to Tokyo with me? And she's like, what? And I said, I got I got some points I need to use to fly. 
to, to fly somewhere. And I said, I really want to go to Tokyo Disneyland. I said, do you want to go with me? And I said, you can pick the month. I said, I was kind of thinking February or something like that. But, uh, and she's like, well, I'd rather go to Paris before I went to Tokyo. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I said, you want to go to Paris? And she's like, okay. And I'm like, okay, cool. I said, um, I need to make some phone calls. So I need your information. I said, can you get me your, uh, I need your, your formal name to, to make the airline reservations and address and all that kind of stuff. Thank you. Can you send that to me? And I, I don't, I don't remember if we were texting at this point or not, because this, this goes back probably 14 years ago. So maybe we're texting at that time. I can't remember. And mm -hmm. she's like, okay. And so she sends me the information. And so I think it was right then and there, maybe it was the next day I called up the credit card company and said, Hey, I need to make reservations for airfare for two to, to Paris. Oh, and I said, what, what days do you want to go? And she's like, well, I don't want to be gone longer than a week. I said, and I said, just name the week. And so I remember we were there over Valentine's day because we actually had Valentine's day dinner on the Eiffel tower. Um, but uh, so I think we went on like the 10th to the 16th or 10th to the 17th or something like that. But anyway, so, so she, she said, you know, she said, sure. And I, and I asked her uh, like a week or two later, they, they sent an email to me and I forwarded it to her with her reservation confirmation stuff. And then we started planning the hotels and we were going to stay. And, and I told her, I said, I'll cover all the costs. I said, you know, if you want to bring some money for, you know, for the food. And, but I said, I'll cover the hotel rooms. I'll cover the, the airfare. I said, you, you just bring whatever else you need. And uh, she's like, okay. And, I, and then I asked her a couple weeks later, I said, do you think I was full of shit? And she's like, uh, kinda, till I got the email that confirmed the reservation. And I said, uh-huh. And so we ended up, so I'd only ever met her the one time. So uh, when I made the hotel, the airline reservations, uh, we wanted to meet up. And so when I was telling the gal through the credit card company, she said, let's, let's book you. So you guys, she lives in Arizona, I'm in Oregon. So we actually met, I think, in Dallas, Fort Worth, because she says uh, for February, she goes, I think you're better off flying south because we don't want to have any airline issues if we flew you to New York or something. So she says, I'll fly you to a southern airport so that you guys can meet up and you're not in one that's going to be hit by weather. And then from there, we'll just fly you from there over to Paris. And so literally second time I met Heather in my life, uh, met her in Texas. We hopped on a plane together and spent a week in, in Paris. We actually went to uh, to uh, 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 London too. So we, we took the channel over to London and checked it out for a day and a half. Spent a couple of days at Disneyland Paris, a couple of days wandering around uh, uh, Paris itself. Uh, almost got pickpocketed by a no good piece of crap uh, Parisian. And I have no love for the French culture at all. I think it's a waste of culture and I can't stand any of them. I think they're all pieces of crap. But it was a great trip. So, um, but yeah, so that was my, uh, that was my, my, and that's, so this is, again, Janie knew this of me, you know, and then I try to take this other girl to Seattle and heaven forbid, or Tacoma, and heaven forbid, we go to a different state together. Just unbelievable, you know, and, it, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, and Heather will tell you, we had a great time, you know, she was fun. We, we hung out the whole time. I mean, there was nothing romantic about it. But we got along really well. We saw a lot of cool crap, and we kind of got everything we wanted out of it. We both, when we, when we, so I wanted something. We're going to be over there, and I've never had a date for for Valentine's Day, just something I've never had. And so, even though she wasn't like a Valentine, I'm like, I want something to do something special. So they had this this prefee dinner 
uh, on the Eiffel Tower. This isn't the very top restaurant. This is the 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 kind of the bottom level one. Um, and what is it called? The top one's like the La Jules Verne, and this one is like mm -hmm. 30 meters or something like that, or whatever. It's it's whatever the height of it is on the tower. And so we go to this restaurant, and uh, oh my God, there was something that was in this pre. I can't remember. It was a little cup of something. Honest to God, I don't know what it was. Everything was in French. It was the most god awful food I ever tasted. And like I took a bite of it, oh my god! And, and she looks at it, and she's like, Ugh, right? And so then we start looking around at all the other tables. Everybody did the same thing. Nobody ate that. I'm like, what the hell was it? <laughs> but uh, that's funny. Yeah, but anyway, we stayed. Uh, uh, we stayed at the Hotel Newport Bay in Paris at the Disneyland Hotel, or the Disneyland uh, Disneyland Resort. There, we stayed at the, the Newport Bay Hotel. Um, we did the and the, they have the um, this rodeo show. There, the wild, uh, wild bill. What is it? Buffalo Bills Wild West show. With, uh, mm -hmm. with, uh, it's a horse show and stuff while you have dinner. Dude, it was a riot watching, watching it in, in France, you know, with all these French people. And it's, you know, it's an American Wild West show. It's kind of cool. So, no, we had a great time. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. And like I said, so, so people say, well, your expectations for girls on a first date is too much. And I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think the girl that I want to be with will say, hey, do you want to go to Tokyo? Well, I'd rather go to Paris. Okay. I mean, you know, I ended up going to Tokyo later um, on a gal that I was actually dating, and that was probably a mistake. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, still one of my favorite dates that I ever did was uh, – was with a gal in October uh, about like 12 years ago. Um, and it was a local date, but it was what gave me faith that there were girls out there that were willing to take a chance. I'll, I'll tell you that date next week. Okay. All right? Cool. So just remind me, Sweet. just remind me pumpkin, pumpkin patch would be, we'll call it this date, the pumpkin patch. All right. Okay. Pumpkin patch. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay, so are we we good, Billy? What are we gonna are we gonna bid adieu until we we celebrate our our uh, our next podcast when we're we're blowing kazoos and throwing up confetti and screaming and yelling because something good's gonna happen. Well, well Beach, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number one seventy two of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter or HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast apps. Apple, Google, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora. I think we might be on XM also. We're on everything. It's a podcatcher. We should be on it. Beach. Billy. I can't wait to go down to the evil empire of Spugene on Saturday. You know, it smells like it smells like pot and it's full of beatniks, but... Uh... Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll come out celebrate. Hopefully. Let's hope we have a really happy, fun show to talk about. And we have another perfect weekend next week. But until then, go Beavs.
Mexican Monday? Yes, it was. How was it? It was good. It was good. Do you shake it up at all, or do you keep it pretty much consistent? Uh, they like the Mexican Monday. I've tried to change, and they're like, but we like Mexican Monday. All right. Well, I mean, I, 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 you know, I always miss when Mom and Dad would make Mexican for yeah. us. You know, they would grab yeah. the little packet of seasoning. I don't know what that the seasoning was. Yeah. But Mom would throw it on the ground beef and mm-hmm. like, make nachos, and life we, was good. We always do chicken. Life was simple and good back then. And we always do chicken. Yeah. Either way, you know, it's all good. I wish I could turn back time. I'd appreciate being like 10 and 11 a lot more. I didn't have school. Life would have been perfect without school. So anyway, you recording this crap yet? It's getting recorded. You got all your stuff? Oh, crap. Yeah, I got it right here. I don't know. See, I I read this through once. I don't know how well I'll pull it off a second time, but we'll see. Well, that's good. You don't usually pull it off very well anyway. I pull it off damn good. Usually twice a day. Sometimes, say sometimes twice a day. <laughs> 16 times a week. That's perfectly healthy, isn't it? You, you say something every time I'm about ready to start the intro. <laughs> And I, and I like a little bit of silence. So first it was <sighs> 16 times a day. I'm like, gee, many Christmas, dude. Literally just when I'm about to say something. Oh, God, I love it. I'm going to know that for now, and I'm going to totally do that. Sophomore Javier Armas scored with a shot off his right foot. Would that be June... Javier? Javier? What did I say? Javier? I don't know. My guess is Javier. Uh, Go on. Yeah, it probably Wait. is. I'm sorry. Sophomore Javier Butchered Armas. That sucker. Butchered that like Sam on Brady Bunch right there. All righty, Beach. Are we ready? Did you screw up, Billy? No, because nobody will ever hear this. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Travell Harris and Calvin Johnson, Travell Harris and Calvin Jackson Jr. each had a touchdown. Billy, um, I thought it was a fantastic tailgater. I agree. Beach. Beach. Oh, are you Beach? there? Yeah, friggin' solar. I'm flares. here now. Freaking solar flares. I didn't even know they could happen this late at night. Um. I like beer. <laughs>